Thundergrunt Podcast Network. Hit it! How's everybody doing? Oh, thank you. Pretty good, huh? So uh, we've got our tiki drinks. We've got our... Everybody get one? Our palm trees. It's tiki night. Hey, everybody, for coming out. We are the Curioso Podcast. I'm Joe Taylor. And I am Christopher Scarborough. And you, uh, oh, thank you, thank you. You all know who you are, so we don't have to do all that. So the reason we do these live shows is to record them. You guys are being recorded right now. Are you okay with that? Yeah. Good, it sounds like it from all the yelling and screaming. What are we talking about today, Chris? Oh, I don't know. I was thinking maybe we could talk about Tiki. Tiki? Yeah. You know, we we did have a live show. All about Tiki, I know. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. So every single year we do a, you know, a live show, actually our second year. Right. And right now on, I believe, what is it, April 18th Mm -hmm. is our anniversary. It's our two-year anniversary of doing the podcast. Yeah. Now, of course, as you know, we only do it every two weeks. So, you know, some people are... You know they're they're getting their numbers kind of high. You know yeah, what I mean. Well, I mean some people do it what once weekly, a week, bi-weekly, every other day. Yeah. You know there are some podcasts out there that are every day. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, we don't do that. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we we give it to you every two weeks, mm-hmm. right? And uh, never mind. That's gonna make a joke, <laughs> right? Um, but uh, you know, so we are we do a live show every single year. You know, this is our second year doing it, and this one was all about Tiki. And we did this at the Black Cat down in D.C. Mm-hmm. And so today's episode, you're going to have a little bit of that live. Right, live. Thrown in. Audio yeah. with us in the studio kind of, you know, summing up what we talked about in the right. live show. Right, yeah. So it's kind of like a big party, you know what I mean? Right. And Just like a, a luau. Exactly, just yeah. like a luau. And uh, in fact, we, so, that, you know, in fact, everyone that came mm-hmm. to the live show Pretty much got laid. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, yeah, it's it's true. We, me, and you, we actually laid twenty five people. Yes, we did because That's we hard. bought a box of twenty five lace. So, um, so basically, uh, we had a great time. We yeah. want to bring a little bit of that to you, and also discuss uh, some more tiki in between because during a live show, you can only talk about so much. Right, and you guys, if before you before they go. Shh, Show me the money. <laughs> right, right. And if you weren't there, uh, we had hula hoopers. Uh-huh. Liz had, Christmas was hula hooping. We had a ukulele player. Yeah, we, yeah, we did. Um, we had hula dancing. Mm-hmm. We know? did, we did. And then for some reason, we had some sideshow. 
Well, we had some sideshow because <laughs> uh, Dangerous D from, you might know him if you've mm-hmm. listened to a whole bunch of older episodes. Right. Uh, because Dangerous D is my old partner and he happened to be into town. Mm-hmm. And we figured, why not have Dangerous D on? Right. I mean, and in the uh, Polynesian culture, mm-hmm. uh, especially ancient Polynesian culture, there were lots of rites of passages and, and, and becoming a man or becoming a woman. And a lot of them kind of dealt with dangerous things. That's right. And since Dangerous D has been in California, he has now learned how to surf. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go right there. Connection, Joe. Connection. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) We were also, of course, graced with the lovely Tiki goddess. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Whew, she can really uh, she can rile up a crowd. She can shake that moneymaker, right? (laughs) Oh, yeah. Uh (laughs) Yes. But for this episode, here in the studio, we're actually going to be sipping on some... Uh, it's Kona Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. I bought two uh, different beers. And which one is this one, Joe? Uh, this is the Fire Rock, the Pale Ale. The Fire Rock Pale Ale. Let's, let's give it a try real quick. Ooh, that's good. Hmm. Yeah, it tastes like the islands. <laughs> it does. <laughs> <laughs> I like the fact that we always tell everyone exactly what we're drinking, yeah, well, and it's, it's always thematic. Well, it has to be. It, it really know? does. It yeah. really does. It kind of gets you in the mood to to talk about, you know, whatever we're going to talk about that it day. It gets us loosened up. It does. For, for the volcano. <laughs> right. Here you go, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody gets laid here at the Curioso. All right, so things you see at a luau, usually food, singing, Dancing and some, music, some right? entertainment, and yeah, and music. So our next performer, our first performer for the night, will be playing you guys some music using a traditional Hawaiian instrument, the ukulele. So, ladies and gentlemen, coming up, we have Ukulele Kelly. Tiki, T-I-K-I, is applied to carved human figures generally, at least nowadays, um, both by the Maori and by other Polynesian cultures. 
The name probably goes back to the myth of the Tiki, which was the first man created by Tain, uh, which was a uh, one of the gods in Polynesian culture. Yeah, wasn't Tiki kind of like a man and a god at the same time? He was. Yeah, yeah, or, but or, depends... or at least like he was an ancient, right? That's right. kind of the, like the idea. He was like one of the ancient ones, or the the ancient one. He was the first man created. Kind of like um, from the gods. He's like the Polynesian Adam. Right, is, right, exactly. is basically kind of, you know, he is a mythical guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then some Polynesian cultures, you know, deify him as being a god himself, like you were saying. In New Zealand, however, tiki is usually applied to a human figure carved in green stone as a neck ornament. Uh, the full name is Hai Tiki. You get to understand the Polynesian culture spans you know, from New Zealand all the way up through Hawaii. It's that huge archipelago chain of islands. Yeah, and, and that, that in, that's part of that Polynesian culture is, of course, uh, uh, Easter Island. Right. Right, and we just yeah. had Easter Pass. <laughs> Nothing to do. That is not true. And no? No. It was I thought di- it had to do with, like, bunnies and chocolate. and. No, Easter, Easter Island um, was discovered on Easter Day which is why it was named Easter Island. The first re- reported European contact with the island was on April 5th, Easter Sunday in 1722 by Dutch navigator Jacob Rogersven. It's R-O-G-G-E-V-E-E-N. That sounds about right. Rogersven. Yeah. So they named the island after the day they found it? Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's why my dog is Tuesday. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. My dog is Quentin. Right. Named after Quentin Tarantino. Of course. But spelled differently. After you found him. Yeah. Yeah. He's a cutie. I mean, Quentin Tarantino. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Totally different. It was It was really watching Pulp Friction. I mean, fiction. Was that it? <laughs> I think I've seen that one. But I don't want to get too much into Easter Island, Joe, because I, I know, we I know. are probably going to have a podcast all about Easter Island right. and the Moe's at some point in time. Right. So that's all I'm going to give you. <laughs> that's it. But see, the, the, the big thing that we talked about for the live show, not necessarily the, the history of, of the gods or the myths of Polynesian culture. We were really talking primarily about the, the pop culture. That mm-hmm. tiki became. Yeah, and you hear that a lot, tiki culture. Right. It's because it was really appropriated, you know, uh, at, at some point in time by the mainland. Mm-hmm. Once Hawaii became, a, you know, an official state, we decided to, you know, kind of start really celebrating it, you know, reveling yeah. in it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I mean, given some of it has become uh, commercialized. Of course, we talked about the tiki room. Right, right. You know, and uh, Disney. Things like, like a luau. You know, luau's are traditionally uh, for any kind of celebration. Weddings, uh, first birthdays, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. You could have a luau for buying, you know, your first car. You know what I mean? It's basically like, it, it's a Hawaiian barbecue is really all it is. It's, it's a way to celebrate, you know. Now, there are a lot of things associated with a luau, that aren't necessarily associated with a normal cookout, like uh, the dance. Right. Being the hula. Is it fire dancing? Fire dancing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and all the food. I mean, you've got, you know, the, the, the pits where they, you know, actually cook the, 
the pig the or the Filipino or, box spring hog. <laughs> right. But it's in like a sand pit, you know? It's it's amazing how they how they do it. Uh, but that even the luau stems from uh, I believe it was King Kamehameha uh, before his time it was sort of shunned uh, for men and women to eat together. Yeah, it, it, I mean, in ancient times, yeah, they were completely separated yeah. and were not allowed to not allowed to partake together. Yeah, they 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 sat totally so they like different benches, folks. Different <laughs> right, benches. Right. Yeah. Don't look at him while you're. You eating. sit at that picnic table. <laughs> you sit at that picnic table. You two can't sit together. Right, and finally, it was it was broken. It was like this is ridiculous. We should be celebrating together you know, for these important milestones. And uh, so he basically said, enough's enough, and let's all get together and hang out. Hey, Joe. Uh, yes, Chris. So one of the things that happens at the Luau, one of the most amazing and, uh, and wonderful things is the hula. That's true. And did you know the hula used to be forbidden? Uh, I, yeah, it was like... Uh, is forbidden. Yeah, it was forbidden because uh, it was a little too risque, right? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, with all the grass skirts and uh, and dancing, and the, the suggestively. And the shaking. Yeah? You want, do you want me to shake it then? No, 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 no. Stop. Don't encourage him. God. I think the people in the front row really liked it. They did. I think so. So uh, the hula was more than a ritual dance. It was Hawaii's way of keeping historical records because uh, the, the dance would actually interact with, uh, it, it would actually tell you how the gods did what they did to create the lands. Yeah, it was like a, an oral tradition, but done with your hips. Uh, but in 1820, the, uh, the missionaries, they changed all that. Damn missionaries. Man, I really wish those missionaries could change their position. <laughs> no, really. But the missionaries came in and they said, no more. We're not going to have the, the right. hula anymore. It's, uh, it's too sexually suggestive. Mm -hmm. It was banned in the early part of the 19th century. That's right. And that brings us to our next performer. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, uh, our next performer is going to be Lady Rockwell. Next, ladies and gents, we have a lovely lady from Baltimore who just might make you slip your words tonight. Welcome to the stage, Lady Rockwell. Because aloha means hello and goodbye. Tiki pop Tiki, culture. Yeah, in, in, in movies and... It really hit its heyday in like the 40s, 50s, and 60s, and you had, you know, basically Hollywood romanticizing the Polynesian way of life. Um, you had movies like Jaguar Gods and all those weird Elvis movies. Well, you also had uh, TV shows like Fantasy Island. The plane, the plane, the plane, boss, the plane. Of course, Hawaii Five O, which you've already heard the theme to, mm -hmm. and my wife's favorite show that she keeps on watching on Netflix over and over and over again. I keep on hearing the theme to Magnum PI. The tiki culture, quote unquote, uh, primarily, if you talk to a tiki purist, started during the 1930s. 1930s to 1950s is when it really kind of took formation and really became part of pop culture. I think it went even further than that, Joe. I think during the 60s, it... it, it got, it no, no, it, it's 
it kept on going. Right. And yeah. there was a bit of a lull, I guess, during the 70s. It had a bit of a renaissance yeah. in the 80s and 90s. Yeah, during the 70s, it became kind of like passe. Right. Right. You know what I mean? Where where people were like, oh, that tiki stuff. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, during the 80s, it started coming back up because everybody was like, oh, these Get drinks are disco. actually let's, pretty good. Let's, watch, let's yeah. hang out with the tiki people. And then, people. like, during the 90s, it was just like, you know. Kitschy. It was kitschy, but it yeah. also, you had this whole thing with swing dance and everything else. Yeah. So, it, yeah. You, know, you know, like the movie swingers and, mm-hmm. and swing dance and everything. And uh, big band, and it really started picking back up again, right? And, and you know, right. catching steam. Well, it's it's like anything, uh, music, fashion. It's all cyclical. Yeah. So anything that really hits mainstream pop culture will always come back around. I know because I'm just, it's it's. I'm just waiting for Scott to come back. Are come you? on, Scott. It's, it's gonna take a while. Come on back again. <laughs> it's gonna take a while. He's gonna break out your dance moves. Yeah, man. <laughs> the one that you have. <laughs> all both okay really where where all of this really came to the mainland uh where tikidom can be traced back is to don the beachcomber aka don beach aka don beachcomber or really what his real name is is ernest raymond beaumont grant nothing like don the beach no, yeah there's not even like a don in that name right but he was known as don the beachcomber he was really like a beachcomber he would take and comb the the, the beaches mm-hmm. you know and look for wait is this like in Spaceballs? yeah exactly we ain't like shit <laughs> The pick, <laughs> With the big giant. Pick. They would they would comb the he would comb the beaches looking for stuff to sell. Yeah, right. You know what I mean. Yeah. Of course, you know the people Silver that went to the beach and, and stuff like that. Not just that, but he would also buy shells mm-hmm. and sell them to local places that would sell people. You know, sell stuff to tourists. Okay. Right. You yeah. know what I mean. They have the same kind of stuff. You know, uh, down in Ocean City, they have a place called Seashell City. I have okay. to say that really slow. <laughs> Real slow. You mean After, down the ocean? Yeah. The first thing to go when I drink Fire Rock Pale Ale is the tongue. Right, You know right. what I mean? Uh, so, yeah, when I go down the ocean, and <laughs> I go, I always go to Seashell City. And, um, by the way, they have an awesome pirate museum up oh, they top. Do. Yeah, yeah. That you have to go to. But, um... But they sell that kind of stuff. All the, you know, you have like shells glued, to, hot glued together and it looks like a little kitty cat or whatever. Mm. You know what I mean? Or or uh, starfish and things like that. He would, you know, take that and sell that to places. Now, he eventually, you know, he started up this bar called Don the Beachcomber in 1934. Right. And then, uh, you know, after he started it up, you know, celebrities started flocking to the bar. It had this ambiance of, you know, like had just like this, you know, like a beach bar. But it was right in the middle of downtown L.A. It opened in 1934. So, you know, a good 10 years before World War II, you know what I mean, was was done. This was before that. But he but during and after people were, you know, they were kind of they would they would go. To places they would go to islands they would be right. stationed on islands you mm-hmm. know and f- you know fly over right you know during world war ii mm-hmm. and then when they came back it, it gained even more popularity in you know the late 40s and you know 50s and 60s right. because you had these veterans that would go this kind of feels like home right. you know what i mean right. because they were stationed at these islands for years you know in the pacific mm-hmm. of course they had exotic cuisine right you know Your poi they, and and they had poi but they also had a lot of uh asian influence too well and as well that's most of the Polynesian cultures can be traced back to, you know, South Asia. Yeah, they. so I remember when I was a kid mm-hmm. uh, at, uh, it wasn't the Glen Burnie Mall, the Severna Park Mall. Okay. They had a very 
tiki looking place. Okay. Mm -hmm. It was very island. And I remember going in there and getting Chinese food for the first time. And I'm talking like I was under 10. Right. I just remember going with my mom one day. We went to this place. It was very tiki, had bamboo all over the place. It had like, you know, carved tiki masks. Okay. Mm -hmm. This might be my fascination with tiki and where it came from. Probably. And we would go there. This was at the Severna Park Mall. And they had, I think I got, um, uh, what was it? Uh, what are the big noodles? Not Mifun, the other ones. Lo mein. Oh, lo mein. I got yeah. lo mein for the first time. Mm-hmm. And it had bamboo shoots in it. And it yeah. had, you know what I mean? You know, the little, I mean, just the little tiny Water corns. chestnuts. And Water corns. chestnuts. Yeah. I had never had any of this before. And it was mm-hmm. like the most amazing thing. And I, I, you know, I think they even had Kikoman, which like, oh, yeah. you know, like any good place is going to serve Kikoman. And I just remember trying that for the very first time and saying, wow, this is amazing. And mm-hmm. just with the atmosphere, I even think that the, uh, that the, the waitresses were dressed up like hula girls and would come up in grass skirts. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that that happened. Uh, it <laughs> Maybe might you just, just be, it to happen. I might have, just, you know what I, I mean? I mean, you were 10. If that did happen, then that might also have to do with my fascination. <laughs> this is true. But, but yeah, you can, you can trace most Polynesian ancestry to the Asian continent, you know, where when they started migrating out of there and island hopping, basically, and then settling into different islands, they all basically are from that, that region. Mm-hmm. And, and it's like when we talk about like Thai food, uh, Thailand is smack dab in between India and, and Asia. So you, know, you have the it's basically yeah exactly you have those this two combined wonderful mix you know culinary mix of you know along that spice line where they'd have curries and you know uh, Chinese you know uh, peppers and things like that and they mix boom and they're amazing it's very very similar to the Polynesian culture. I also want to mention in 1934 uh, the same year but a little later. There was another place called Trader uh, Trader Vicks. Actually, it was originally Hinky Dicks. But the guy's name was Vic Bergamot, and he changed it to Trader Vicks. A good in 19, choice. Yeah, in 1937. Yeah. Definitely a good choice. A few years later. But it also drew uh, crowds with its Polynesian-themed drinks and, you know, you know, strong rum drinks and things like that, just right. like, you know, j- just like uh, Don the Beachcombers did. Mm-hmm. But really, between these two places, this really sparked our interest in, you know, tiki culture here, you know, stateside. You know, well, I keep on saying stateside. You know, the mainland. Mainland, yeah. Yeah. So this is really where we kind of got our first, you know, couple of tastes. And even during World War II, Grant was deployed. His wife took over management of the bar, and they opened 16 other locations. Oh, wow. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this here is the start of the intermission. Feel free to use the restroom, go get a drink, have a smoke, or come up in Stable D. Don't forget during your intermission that you go back to the Free State Guitar booth and grab your raffle ticket because when we come back from our intermission, it's going to be about 20 minutes or so. When we come back, we're going to be doing the raffle. So as we're sipping on our Kona Brewing Company Pale Ale, let's talk about some of the traditional cocktails that you would find in a tiki bar. Joe? Would you like to start off with the zombie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've had a few zombies in my day. Brains. 
<laughs> so have I, actually. And one time I tried to take the glass with me because it was so cool. Yeah. And the guy ran. Were you with me when <laughs> yeah, we did was that? With you. Yeah. And it was the in guy Delaware. ran out and like beat on our door. He was like, eh. And we were like, we're sorry. Yeah, here's your glass. We apologize. Bag. Can I just buy it? No? Okay. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a mix of white, golden, and dark rums, apricot brandy. Uh, what's flour num? Flour num. F A L E R N U M. Flarnum? Sure. What the hell is that? Uh, I think it's a like a cordial, maybe? Some okay. Bitters and fruit juice, usually lime, pineapple, or papaya. Huh. Uh, unlike most modern zombies, it's pleasant and it uh. didn't spend a whole lot of t- uh, a whole season at the uh, boring farm looking for Sophia. <laughs> That's a dumb joke that I read verbatim off this website. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't help bad. myself. Um, so basically, yeah, it actually debuted in 1939 at the New York's World Fair. Don the Beachcomber, uh, you know, debuted it there. So, nice. you know what I mean? To, to get people to come back to Don the Beachcombers. I mean, you've got, you know, there's lists and lists of, of yeah, cocktails and stuff that, you would find at a tiki place things like Lake George iced tea, the tiki galore, tropical moment, drunken wench, very merry cocoa, rockahula baby. I mean, some of these names, they're awesome, <laughs> but most of them involve some sort of fruit juice mm-hmm. or a cordial or, you know, something sweet, uh, tropical flavored maybe, uh, rum, gin, vodka, any kind of liquor. Uh, most most of the is, time it's rum, though. Yeah, most of the time rum. it is. Or at least it's one type of rum mixed with something, something else. Something else, right. There's a dark and stormy, which is rum and ginger beer. That sounds the, pretty Yeah, good. that one is awesome. Have you ever had one of those? No. no. Ginger beer and rum? It, yeah, no. dark and stormy. They're so, so good. Really? Yeah, I just get like the Goya, you know, ginger beers mm-hmm. or whatever. Yeah, and mix those up with some ice. I, I might just throw some ginger ale in it, too. Just to like cut back on the ginger beer, depending. So could ginger use... beer is way way stronger, like has way more heat. So could I use like a crabby? Yeah, you could. Yeah, ah. like a, it's a it's an alcoholic ginger beer. Yeah, yeah. But you don't some... have to have an alcoholic ginger beer. No, but I want one. Yeah, well, yeah. You'd <laughs> also like it, you'd be like on the ground in like two of them. <laughs> so I'd what? be peeling. You'd you'd be throwing up in my cooler <laughs> again. <laughs> If you're talking like the two pillars of, of, you know, like Polynesian, you know, tiki culture drinks. Tiki cocktails. Yes. Uh, the Mai Tai is basically, if you're talking about, you know, these Polynesian drinks that we started having here in, in the U.S., there's two that, you know, the zombie and the other pillar would be the Mai Tai. Right. Now, now the original Mai Tai recipe is two ounces of aged rum, three quarters of an ounce of freshly squeezed lime juice, uh, a half an ounce of orange curacao. What is it? Curacao? Curso? Curso. That's what I said. Everybody knows that I'm (laughs) very, very good at pronunciation. (laughs) Yes, you are. A quarter ounce of rich, simple syrup. Okay. A a quarter ounce of orgay. Orgat? Orgat? O-R-G-E-A-T. I'm thinking it's a bitter. Maybe it sounds something like, a like that. Yeah, a cup of crushed ice and a mint sprig for garnish. Um, a lot of the simple sugars typically were also uh, they were made from blanched almonds. Really? Yeah, or they had blanched almonds in it uh-huh. because the nut oil give, you know gives it like some the, a lot of richness to the simple syrup. 
Oh, okay. So it gives a little extra flavor. Yeah. So I think that you could, you know, maybe put a little bit of Frangelico or something, like a splash of it to give that flavor too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, I'm no bartender. So, but yeah, yeah, the Mai Tai is definitely like the other, you know, the other Polynesian drink. Right. Also, Joe, you can't have a zombie or a Mai Tai or a, you know, a proper tiki drink Mm -hmm. without having a little teeny tiny umbrella in it. (laughs) Yeah, or some kind of frou-frou garnish. Yeah. Like a pineapple chunk. Yeah, there is is usually like pineapple chunks that you can kind of eat or... Or those little plastic swords. Maraschino cherries, you know what I mean? Because you need a little bit of food, you know, in your stomach after downing a whole bunch of those but specifically (laughs) the little tiny umbrellas okay they were yeah the little parasols they were originally developed as a way of keeping your drinks ice cold Mm -hmm. on a oppressively hot day because you would sit it yeah seriously just like i'm listening yeah just like a sun umbrella right okay so basically you put it in your drink or you put it you know in some fruit on the side of your drink Uh and it would basically cover it you know, and it would be in the shade. Ah, nice. So it would keep your drink a little cooler with, you know, even though you have all the ice in it and everything else. Right. So you're trying to, you know, relax out, you know, relax, chill out on a oppressively hot day. And you don't right. want to keep your drink cold, you know what I mean? In the 19, you know, 30s, you know, mm-hmm. hanging out at Trader Vic's or Don the Beachcomber, you want a little tiny umbrella in it. Or, uh,. Hectic Dicks, or what was the, the original name? Trader Vicks. Oh, Hinky Dicks. Hinky Dicks. <laughs> uh, also, um, it will also protect your drink on rainy days. Oh, for like two seconds. Because <laughs> yeah, those things are made of like, you know. Paper. <laughs> they are know, made like of paper. Super thin paper, like trans. They're made of like rice paper. Yeah. 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 So you have two seconds of rain protection. Joe, a little protection is better than none. <laughs> What the hell are you going to do with that? <laughs> Take off that pineapple. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I do have, you know, quite a bit of hair. You know what I mean? Maybe I could use a shave. A little trim. Yeah, yeah you know what I mean? Just, just shave out the pineapple. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just. That's what I had to do when I got tattooed with it. Is that what? Yeah. I had yeah, a big strip going right down. Uh, it was ridiculous. <laughs> it was pretty no. hot. This here machete. That that one? Well, at your, machete, at your crouch? Huh, yeah. I just can't help with the glasses, and I can't help. All right, so the machete is what the ukulele came from. Do you know that? No. What? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah. What are you smoking? Some of Darren's California stuff? Yes. You know that's actually legal in D.C. now, so it's okay. It is. Yeah. All right. (laughs) All right. So another thing that we talked about during the live show, and we actually had a performance of during the live show, was the ukulele. Yeah, the ukulele. You see, I got corrected like three times that night. Oh, I don't care. Yeah, uh, I mean, it correct is... me, ukulele, Kaylee. <laughs> right. The actual spelling is U K U L E L E. So oh, good. I, I'll, let me fix that. Ook. <laughs> um, it is ukulele, but everyone right. says ukulele. It, yes, this is true. We have quite a few friends that play ukulele. Yeah, we do. I I just got a, uh, a Fender uke mm-hmm. uh, last year and. It's fun to play. Yeah. I don't tune mine traditional. Mm-hmm. I tune mine as I would my bass guitar. So it's E-A-D-G rather than the walk the dog, whatever the hell ukuleles are tuned to. <laughs> the first day I got it, I was like, oh, this is got to be changed. Tune it down. You know, would be really cool if I knew what any of that meant. Okay, good. The ukulele actually started off 125 years ago in the in Portugal. 
uh, and it's a descendant from the instrument called the Machete da Braga. Yeah, in fact, we mentioned this during our live show, too, yeah. didn't we, Joe? Yeah, I actually pulled and a machete Joe on you. pulled a machete out in the <laughs> middle of the live show and threatened me with it on stage. This is true. I tried to cut off your pineapple. You, you are a terrible person. Which, you guys don't know, uh, Chris has a big old tattoo of pineapple on his chest. And I don't tried... ask me why. It's because I like it. That's fine. But I tried to cut it off with a machete. <laughs> to prove a visual point that the ukulele comes from an instrument called the machete. Which is really strange. It's spelled the exact same way. Exact same way, yeah. 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 I'm wondering, like, what came first? And I guess we'll really never know whether the ukulele tiny, or the ukulele precursor. Machete. The machete. <laughs> machete. Or the machete. Yeah. Uh, machete de, de Braga. Uh, the instrument proved to be very popular with the people on the island of Hawaii after it was brought over from Portuguese immigrants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically the instrument itself is so similar to the, the ukulele, uh, that you you, keep calling it that the ukulele, (laughs) do you want to change it? (laughs) You sound so proper. So three cabinet makers, Augusto Diaz, Manuel Nunes, and Jose de Espirito, they opened a little shop in Honolulu in 1886 and that, and they created and sold a machete little instrument there. Mm-hmm. And this was right after they had uh, migrated from Portugal to Honolulu. Uh, the name, I mean, the, the instrument itself pretty much took off like wildfire. And uh, they soon changed the name to the ukulele, which means the jumping flea. Really? Because mm-hmm. it's so tiny? Yeah, I think so. Let's talk about rites of passage. Besides just surfing... You had things like tattooing, a big, huge thing where turning from a, a boy to a man or a lady to a woman or a girl to a woman, right? Yeah, lady to a woman. Mm. Yeah, that works. Yeah, that works. Thing, yeah. Yeah. Right. But that was a rite of passage for a lot of Polynesian culture. So was a thing called fattening. Fattening. What, is, what does that mean? What? Uh, basically, they would sequester... Young children, boys, girls, often in some hut by themselves. And they would fatten them up. Right, yeah, they'd feed them all this food. That sounds like uh, like a good time to me. Uh, not really. Not, I mean, it doesn't really seem like a rite of passage. It seems like that's what I should be doing all the time. But it was, <laughs> you do all the time. Yeah, that is what I do. I've heard that's what uh, that's what uh, Dangerous Z's been doing too. <laughs> in California? Yeah. yeah. Just doing nothing, <laughs> eating in the dark. Right. So basically they did it to make them more desirable to the opposite sex. To give them some more curves. To the opposite sex for marrying age. So when it's time to get married, you got to get fat, which is just weird. It's usually after you get married that you get fat. Yeah. That's what happened to me. Actually, no, that's not true. I was fat uh, before and after. All right, so let's talk one more. So the next one is... Super incision. Does anybody know what that is? Super incision? Okay. Uh, when Joe explained this to me, uh, <laughs> I had to put earplugs in and run away. This is absolutely so, terrible. Basically, it's a single incision made along the upper length of the foreskin, people. Foreskin. Talking foreskin here. From the tip to the corona. You guys all 
You know where that is? All right. It's similar to a circumcision, but a lot grosser. One thing we didn't cover in the live show was one of the biggest inventions that came from the, the Hawaiian islands, which was surfing. Yeah, surfing is, I mean, of course, we think about it, you know, in California, in Hawaii. There's mm-hmm. lots of places we think, you know, of good surfing. Australia, but, New Zealand. Exactly. Yeah. But it, it really did come from Hawaii, and yeah. it came from the natives that, that lived there. Mm-hmm. When Captain Cook arrived in Hawaii, surfing was deeply rooted in many of the cultures and, and Hawaiian legends. Certain place names had been bestowed because of legendary surfing uh, incidents. The kahuna, or experts, they intoned special chants to uh, christen new surfboards. Basically, kind of like when we were talking about how with, um, you know, the luau. You know what I mean? You would have luau's for different things. You would have a luau for graduation and things like that. Mm -hmm. You know, they had specific chants for, you know, their surfboards. Like blessing the boards? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Almost like a like a talisman that you can ride on. Mm-hmm. There were legendary stories of love matches made and broken in the surf, lives risked, <laughs> heroic deeds by chiefs and commoners. But you know, before all of this, basically people would body surf, right? Right. That was originally how it was done. They would go out and then they would surf waves in. You uh-huh. know what I mean? And you know, they even did this during like, you know, spear fishing, things like that. Right. And then right. eventually they started making these boards out of wood, mm-hmm. you know, and going and surfing on their body on those. And they realized that, you know, and eventually they found out that they could stand up and you know, it's become you know, uh, you know, just a complete tradition, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. All stemming from, you know, these these original Hawaiianders. Mm-hmm. Is that a real word, Hawaiianders? Hawaiians. Hawaiians, yes. And it probably stems from either uh, a need to for fishing. Yeah, it, it's really weird. Um, Captain Cook and his ships, they reach Hawaii, the Hawaiian Islands in 1778. The art, the sport, the religion of surfing, it had all reached kind of a sophisticated peak by that point. Mm-hmm. But he actually had written in his journal about specifically what they were doing. Really? You know what I mean? Yeah, because no one no one had ever seen it before. Hmm. Oh, this is awesome. I'm going to have to put this on the website. This is one of the first known photographs of a surfer with his board. Uh, it is from 1890. Oh, wow. Courtesy of Bishop Museum Archive. I'm going to show you this real quick. Can you see that board? That thing is like 10 feet tall. Wow. Super skinny. That's crazy. It looks like a torpedo, right? Like, it's super skinny like a torpedo. It looks like a... Like an obelisk, kind of, right? Well, kind of like, um, what are those snow, the skis? Oh, like a, like a ski. Yeah, but it looks, it looks, you know, like a huge one... One one huge, gigantic ski. ski. Yeah, it's for like Bigfoot. Yeah. It's like Bigfoot's left ski. Does not look like a surfboard at all. No, no, it, you know, it, it's changed a lot. Just, I mean, think about like, uh, you know, street surfing, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Which also stemmed from surfing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, they've changed over the years. Do you remember oh, what they course. looked like in the 80s? Yeah. You know what I mean? Big yeah. old clunky things, you know? I mean, they were they were huge and terrible. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the original surfboards started kind of small, and now they've gotten a lot bigger, longer, you know? Right, right. Fins More and everything else. More streamlined. More stable. Yeah. And hell, now you have paddle boards, yeah, which are probably somewhere in the middle of the 
the history of a surfboard. They use them to paddle out and fish off of or dive off of and not just ride waves. And one of these days, I'm going to get a paddleboard. I got to try one in, in Austin when I live there. Oh, really? So much fun. Do they have water in Austin? Yeah. The Colorado River runs right through Austin. So you were on the river on a paddleboard? Yeah, man. It was awesome. Really? Yeah. To go to the Moon Tower? You can see a few of them. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I didn't go to any, but you can see them around town. Yeah. I would love to go to there just to do like a Moon Tower tour. There's not a it, whole lot of them left. No, no. Uh, it, it, dude, it only took me three days to drive to Austin. Really? So, I'm saying road you trip. Do South by Southwest or whatever. I was there time. in the middle of it. I one of the joints that I worked at. Uh huh. They used their warehouse. Really? For South by Southwest. So I had to deal with all that mess at both of my jobs. <laughs> Everyone keeps on telling me I should go down there and just do like street yeah, performance. Probably. I'll go with you. Show. You know what I mean? I'll totally go with you, man. Three day drive. Hell yeah. Especially with the two of us. We can make it two days. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. You drive just, 12 hours. I drive 12. Yeah. It's on only, all. what, 1,500 miles away. Mm-hmm. Not even. You know, it's a very easy straight drive down 70. Okay. Maybe we can bring the Tiki Goddess with us. She could ride in the back. <laughs> sure. Okay. So our next act that we have coming up, he's also been in some movies, just like uh, yeah. Tiki. Well, he's also been in some TV some shows. TV, yeah. Yeah. He's, he's done a little bit of music in his life. He was in uh, AMC's Freak Show. Mm-hmm. You guys like that one? He was also on uh, America's Got Talent. Yeah, it was okay. I think my favorite spot that he did was on Wipeout. Yeah, that was yeah, good. I like that. that was good. Uh, I saw the tape of that, and he just went right on into it. <laughs> That's it. He just, it. he just jumped off and went in the water. That's so, it. ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, here comes Dangerous D. And uh, since we were dis- discussing surfing, we're about to break into the second Kona Brewing Company. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot about Kona. Like, I've seen, like, you know, I like to watch all of the, you know, different beer shows. Yeah. You know, you're I'm a big kind of fan a, of the, the Zane Lamprey. I am. I am. But I've seen like a few of the beer guys and food guys go to uh, to Kona. Yeah. You know, uh, there's another uh, Hawaiian brewery and they make a coconut. Yeah. It's is it Maui Brewing? I think I, it's Maui. I, yeah, brewing I believe company. so. Mm-hmm. And it comes in like a can. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But and this but this one is is Kona. And the one that we're opening up now is what the Longboard. Mm-hmm. And this is the longboard logger, logger yeah. right? It's really, really good. Something about the water there. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It's that, like, crisp island well, water. Well, they only drink Fiji water. Very <laughs> much that, like, yeah. yeah, very, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Buffett. Mm-hmm. Did I ever tell you my Jimmy Buffett story? Mm-mm. Now, now, he's much more Key West kind of, Yeah. you know what I mean? Key Largo, Florida. Montego, baby, why don't, why don't we, we go? go? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But uh, so let me tell you my Jimmy Buffett story. I actually worked uh, as a bus mechanic for a little while. Mm-hmm. And I worked for a band that opened for him. Okay. I worked on their bus. They gave me an awesome T-shirt with like a, with a shark on the front, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Okay. Uh, but so they opened up for Jimmy Buffett and he came, they, they said backstage, he came running out of his dressing room one time screaming because the water that they had bought him was not the right water. Okay. He came out of his, he, he comes running out and he's like, I only drink Fiji water. And he like throws <laughs> the water at like some terrible like intern mm-hmm. or whatever. 
He's like, go get me some Fiji water. Wow. And, of course, Fiji water is the water that comes in little square bottles that's right. bottled in Fiji. Right. But, uh, yeah, so apparently he's kind of a dick. And we've used his name for a uh, trivia night. Uh, oh. For our trivia name, remember? Chinese Jimmy Buffet? We were Chinese <laughs> Jimmy Buffet one time. Right. Which, <laughs> come to think about it, might be a little racist. I don't know. Is it really? Joe, I, I heard a joke on another podcast the other day, and I forgot what podcast it is, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Mm-hmm. What do they call Chinese food in China? Uh, food? Food. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's talk some gods, guys. Do you know there's over a thousand gods in Polynesian mythology? That's a lot of gods. My what? favorite is, uh, is Maui. Maui? Maui. Uh, Maui was uh, one of the brothers uh, that were a whole bunch of other brothers. And uh, one of the things that he did was he had a very special magical fishing hook. And he cast it into the ocean. And when he did, he was trying to catch the largest fish in the ocean. Like the ones you had? Yeah, you like those? I still can't tell if they're farting or it's like stink lines or... Or speed lines, you like go faster stripes. It's I can't really tell what that is. I think it's spermy surf kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, I think it's spermy it, surf. Like it's um, marlin mating season. Right. That's right. actually what it was when I bought it. It was called the marlin mating season t-shirt, uh, Hawaiian shirt. Nice. Yeah. It works. But what he did, he cast into the ocean, and he actually caught the bottom of the of the ocean and pulled it up, and that's how they made the Hawaiian Islands. Nice. Yeah, Good that's one. the story, <laughs> and I'm sticking, sticking to, to it. it. Oh, Joe, that longboard is awesome. It is really good. It's so good. In ancient Hawaii uh, and other parts of Polynesian culture, there are many legends and myths of gods and creatures. Uh, things like shark gods, dogmen, fantastic weapons, and night marchers. and it's, It reminds me a lot of Asian mythology. You know, where there's, a, there's a, a god or a demon for everything. I mean, the Greeks, the Romans, they all had that too. True, true. Until we went to, you know, monotheism. Or whatever. <laughs> right. And then it was just the one. Mm-hmm. Thus the word mono. For everything. Yeah. yeah just like, one dude for everything. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> I don't, <laughs> still don't buy it. <laughs> Free State Guitars has a whole bunch of stuff. And then we also have a second raffle. We're going to throw in a Curioso t-shirt for whoever wins the raffle. And then we also have a, uh, another, uh, another sponsor, uh, DeVille Inc., and they're over in Baltimore. And we have a $75 gift certificate uh, to give away for a, a, a tattoo. So, yeah, kind of like this one. You can That's only a get a pineapple, though. So just like that. All right, speaking of pineapples, in the Polynesian Isles, you find lots of gorgeous beaches and crystal blue waters and green, luscious land. Do you know what my favorite part about the crystal clear waters are, Joe? What's that? You get these houses, like these hotels, that they build out into the water on stilts. Oh, it's awesome. You know, just stilt houses. Yeah. You know what I mean? Foreshadowing stilt houses. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> uh, so that brings us to our next performer. Oh, oh, that was me? Yeah, that was you. Okay. All right. <laughs> so this is, is why we record this. That is, studio, ladies and gentlemen. Live. Oh, what? You're still I, talking. Yeah, go ahead. Okay. Again, this is why we record this in a studio, not live. 
Ladies and gentlemen, next up, we have Liz Christmas. The four major tiki gods, uh, and this is for the Hawaiian culture specifically, you have Ku, K-U, uh, the ancient tiki god of war. You have Lono, L-O-N-O, which is the ancient god of fertility and peace. You have Cain, which is the god Joe, of... Joe, I think that's actually Kane. Kane? Yeah. I don't know. It's K-A-N-E. It's Kane. Kane West? No, not Kanye. <laughs> it's Kane. I'm telling you, dude. It's Kane. Okay. Yeah. All right. Kane, so, dude. Is it like that... Uh, Bangtan. Kane. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. That's Joe's laughing at me because I, you can't see this. I mean, I'm giving him the surfer sign. Yeah. Where you put up the pinky and the thumb. Right. And do like the little wave thing. All right. So we have Kane Air, uh, which is the god of light and life. And then we have Kanaloa, which is the god of the sea. I like uh, Kamahola Lahi. La- oh, this one's hard. Kamahola Lahi. He is uh, the Hawaiian shark god, who oh, yeah? is the chief of many lesser shark deities in the Hawaiian pantheon. Hmm. Kamoha was the brother of the fire goddess Pele and was considered the guardian god of the Hawaiian islands. Uh, he and Pele's relatives tried to aid her when she was seeking to avoid her marriage to the boar god Kamupa. Kamoa also ruled over, uh, over all of the shark men or the were sharks. Uh, they were beings. Uh, they were greedy beings cursed by Kamoha to periodically transform into sharks. So that's pretty awesome. Is that the kind of a callback to our werewolves episode? Yeah, they're were shark people. The Nanaue, the shark men. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, those guys are pretty cool. They could also be recognized by the large shark tattoos that were branded into their backs. Hmm. Now. My favorite was Maui, and I told uh, a story about this during our live show, mm-hmm. uh, where he had actually created, you know, the islands of Hawaii. Right. But he was uh, like a Polynesian Hercules, almost. He okay. was super duper strong, but he was also, he was kind of like a trickster god. He was a sun god. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I mean, he basically created the Hawaiian islands. And one of the stories is, is he dropped his fish hook, uh, which was... Some magical fish hook that his father gave to him. I right, mean, right. he was he had like uh, he had like seven or eight different brothers. I mean, yeah, he had like a lot of different brothers, but they were all out fishing, and he dropped it into the you know into the sea. Mm-hmm. And when he did, he was trying to catch this massive like massive fish, mm-hmm. and even the fish had a name. Like I, I the I, mola mola. Is it the, I think it is the mola mola mm-hmm. fish, but it was like specifically the big, big. The, the, yeah, right? <laughs> the big, big right. fish. Yeah. So he's trying to catch it, right? Uh, but he didn't catch it. He actually caught like the bottom of the ocean by accident. Of course. Okay? So he's telling his other brothers, he's like, I caught it. I caught it. Paddle, paddle. Mm-hmm. So to get them to paddle, you know, to tire the fish out so he can pull it up onto the boat. Right. And as he did, he's actually pulling the islands up <laughs> off of the floor. Right. And that's how he created the Hawaiian islands. Nice. But I just love that story. Like, that's how the Hawaiian islands were actually created. Well, no, it was actually tectonic plates. But well, that is a we great know that story. Now. Okay. It is a great story. He was also, uh, since we were talking about surfing earlier, he was also supposedly the best surfer around. Of Maui course. was the premier surfer. Yeah. 
or the kahuna, if you will. Mm-hmm. The expert. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, the fish was a lono fish. Oh, okay. Pele was the Hawaiian fire or volcano goddess. Uh, and in fact, she's the one, you, you hear about Pele a lot. She's, because she is the fire goddess, so every time you hear about someone throwing, you know, them themselves, you know, like Joe vol- versus the volcano, throwing themselves into the volcano. To appease the god Pele. Yeah, because right. she is the goddess of fire and volcano. She is the truly most Hawaiian of all deities. Uh, she has no other counterpart in Polynesian islands or groups uh, except maybe in Tahiti where she is called Pere or P-E-R-E instead okay. of P-E-L-E. Right. Which kind of makes a little sense to me. She has a very volatile nature, and her father is Kane. So that's her place in Okay, it. yeah. Okay. Her volatile nature actually prompted Kane to dismiss her from the heavens, uh, so she wandered the earth creating the world's volcanoes until she established her home on uh, Mount Kilmuna, uh, on the big island. Her suitor, the wild boar god uh, Kamapua, who bested all of her other suitors, uh, her father Kane offered up her hand in marriage in an attempt to settle her tumultuous nature. Hmm. Uh, Pele refused, however, uh, and she fled, and none of her family would risk Kane's displeasure by hiding her except her brother Komoha, the shark god. Eventually, Kane, a chief of the gods, ordered Komoha to stop shielding Pele. Pele then attacked Kamupa personally when he came to claim his bride. But with help from Kane and other gods, uh, Kamuas succeeded in surviving her attack, and the two were married. The union tamed both of their violent natures, and they fell deeply in love with each other. Their son, Opulu, the god of thieves and doctors, became the ancestor of the ruling chiefs of the Hawaiian Islands. Wait, wait, wait. What? Thieves and doctors? Yeah. <laughs> what does that say? It's O-P-E-L-U. Opulu. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he is the god of thieves and doctors. <laughs> okay. Probably lawyers, too, if they existed <laughs> Yeah, that, that would make sense to me, yeah. yes. <laughs> Thieves and doctors. Hey, man, every god's got to reign over something. That's you know right. what I mean? Well, it's, uh, speaking of lava and of surfing, there was a, a long... Lava surfing! Lava surfing! <laughs> right. Uh, basically, they would make these uh, boards out of a narrow, 12-foot-long, 6-inch-wide wooden sled and basically slide down a mountain either standing up or laying down or kneeling and, and it, it's almost like um, what are you talking like is this during, they would like during like lava flows no no, no 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 just down the down the mountain down a mountain that has already had a a lava slide so it's it's i think hardened. that would tear up your bird bird <laughs> that, <laughs> that would tear would, up your bird yo it would tear up your uh board dude <laughs> You're still doing the hands. <laughs> You're killing me. It's drinking these Kona brewery beers. It's, it's just making me feel this. like, you know what I mean? You guys can't see. He's still doing the the hands. The pinky and the thumb the symbol. The pinky and the thumb. Yeah. It's the hang ten. Hang yes. ten, man. Anyway, yes, they would reach speeds up to 50 miles an hour or greater. Uh, and I think it's still done today, but... Most of it was done ancient cultures as sort of a a sport and a religious 
ritual to honor the gods, mm-hmm. uh, especially Pele, because she'd formed, you know, the volcanoes and the volcanoes would spew out and they would, you know, offerings. She formed and stuff. a lava shoot, dude. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> just sitting there all natural and your hand just it will not stop. I can't I can't help I can't help this myself. Sort of like side to side thing. It's bugging the crap out of me. Joe, did you hear anything about Lua or Mailu? Uh-uh. In Hawaiian mythology, it is the land of the dead. It's ruled Ooh. by Milu, M-I-L-U. Uh, dead souls enter Lua Milu uh, through a trial called Mahaki. The spirits of the dead can watch what the living do and turn them to stone by staring at them. Wow. Yeah, that is, that's awesome. Hmm. I... I, I Maybe that's why they have all the little stone figurines. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. And not just the tiki ones. There's like little stone statues and stuff just kind of like littered all throughout a lot of the islands. Yeah. Uh, it could be, uh, yeah, they need a soft. Isn't that what you use to counter petrify? <laughs> right. <laughs> you got to roll 10, 10 uh, you know. I don't have to roll anything. 10D1 I, or whatever gotta, it is. <laughs> it's <laughs> whatever game you're playing. Got to use a cure or heal. Which one is it? I always, I always mix those two up. I don't know. Lightning bolt. Lightning, lightning bolt. bolt. Lightning bolt. <laughs> so one of the things that we like to talk about when we talk about tiki and we talk about the hula has got to be the hula hoop. Right, right. Whammo, which for the longest time I thought was a Ren and Stimpy company, but that's Blammo. By whammo. See, My kid go. runs around yeah. saying that all the time. So they were the first company to actually copyright the term hula hoop. Uh, but actually, it's been around since the year 500 BCE. Mm-hmm. Greeks and Egyptians used to have, what, reeds? They would take reeds or, yeah. you know, whatever they could make, man. Mm-hmm. You know, Kids would play with them, use them for exercise. And uh, so... Yeah, Egyptian children. Uh, blah, 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 yeah, blah, blah, blah. Egyptian children. Yeah. Sorry. So at the height of its that. popularity, Blamo, I mean Whammo, was making twenty thousand hoops a day. That's twenty thousand hips they're fitting on, or heads, or sticks, or whatever they're used for. Uh, Whammo also used to pass out free hula hoops and give demonstrations across Southern California and playgrounds, and that's when it became a big frenzy. You know, there's a British snack called the hula hoop. Oh, they're like potato crisps. Yeah, yeah, it's like right? it's like bunions, but with potatoes. Yeah. Uh, the term hula hoop came from British sailors who saw hula dancing, and then they decided to name it after the similar movements. Yeah, because kids in Britain at the time had hoops that they would play with with sticks, and you know, do the same kind of motion, and they just put two and two together, and they called it the hula hoop. So one of the things also that I, I saw, there's an awesome book called Tiki Pop. Oh, that yeah? I, yeah, that I'm going to have to ask for Father's Day. Mm-hmm. Uh, that looks absolutely amazing. But there's also a Tiki magazine. Yeah, I saw that. You know what I mean? I don't think it comes out, like, I think it comes out, like, every three months or six months. Okay. So it's not, it's not you know, like, every month or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So, But I'm definitely going to have to check that out because it definitely looks like there are a few like tiki pinup girls in it, mm-hmm. or at least on the front cover. Right. So I think I'm going to have to get that. Yeah, so if you guys missed our live show. I mean, and it's okay if you did. I yeah. know a lot of you live very, very far away. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of listeners from Europe 
and uh, we have a few from Canada. Yeah, from Canada, and uh, what's that other one? That's a, a an entire continent and a country. <laughs> what? The, the one? Australia? Oh yeah, Australia. Yeah. That one. <laughs> Good on you, <laughs> jerk. <laughs> <laughs> we do. We have a lot of I listeners know we out do. there. Yeah. I know. But if you missed it, you know, give us a shout. Tell us what you would want to hear about next year for our anniversary live show. Yeah. Yeah. Give us some ideas. And remember, it has to be something visual. You know, us doing this on stage, kind of boring. <laughs> <sighs> so, did you guys have a good night? Yeah? Yeah? Well, sadly, we're at that point in the show where I got good news and bad news. Okay. Yeah, bad news, it's the end of the show. Good news, the last performer we have has more curves than a uh, an island road, you could say. Um, yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, our last performer just flew in bareback on a tropical storm. Yeah, just to entertain you guys, all right? As we learned earlier this evening, Tiki was the name of the first man created, maybe. But now, I give you a goddess. I give you the Tiki goddess. So we're going to be throwing in a little bit of clips from the live show. Uh, some songs, some, some information. And if you have any like Hawaiian or Polynesian stories, hit us up. Tell us about them. Yeah, I'd definitely love to know. Yeah. I'd love to know how many times you've been laid before. <laughs> Uh, me? I mean, no. I I pretty much know that. I <laughs> Do you? I mean, I don't hear it every time, but okay, I mean, that you know, one. The we've one been time. friends for long enough. This is true. You know what I mean? This is true. So, all right, curiosos. So that's it. And uh before we go, hang 10. <laughs> You're killing me. <laughs> the can, hand. The hand. Can't is... you just say it too? Hang hang 10. <laughs> <laughs> Aloha. Tip your bartenders. Thank you so very much for sticking with us. We are the Curioso Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Curioso Podcast. You can tweet us at Curioso Podcast. You can also check out our videos, youtube.com backslash Curioso Podcast. You can call our voicemail line leave us a message 443-327-9673 on your touchtone phone that spells hydasword on the curioso.com website on the left hand side you can help support the show by clicking on our amazon link and if you're a real curioso we need you to go on and give us a great five-star review on itunes it will help us get more listeners and it'll make you feel good about yourself. If you'd like to check out some of our sister podcasts, check out thundergrunt.com. When Captain Cook awi- awi- awived, uh. <laughs>